when you're taking your morning walk to go get the newspaper or to get the mail, pay attention to your walk. Feel your steps on the ground. Not stressed about what's to come in your day or what happened earlier that day. I'm Leon Guidry, and this is the Brother Be Well podcast, sponsored by Blue Shield of California's Blue Sky Initiative. Today, we're addressing trauma and healing with an emphasis on boys and men of color. It's about to get real with our hosts, experts, and guests. Gather around, y'all. Hi, I'm Michael P. Coleman, content director for Brother Be Well. Today, in one of a series of Brother Be Well conversations about trauma and healing made possible by the support of Blue Shield of California's Blue Sky Initiative, we're exploring mindfulness and meditation as means for healing from trauma. Joining me for this conversation is one of my best buddies, and she's also a Brother Be Well mindfulness expert. Grace Cecilio. Grace, what's up? How are you doing? Welcome back to Brother Be Well. Thank you. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Always good to see you. You ready to get into this? Let's do it. You know, i got to say before we get started, mindfulness expert. One day I'm, I want to call myself a mindfulness expert when I grow up. I'm getting better at it, but I'm excited about showing everybody and talking to everybody in our audience, our family about exactly what mindfulness and meditation are. Mm, I'm excited too. Let's get right on into here, if you don't mind, Grace. The term mindfulness has come into the zeitgeist fairly recently, I think, but some use it interchangeably with the word meditation. They're very distinct and quite different from each other, as you well know. I'm wondering if you, as we start out, if you define and differentiate between the two terms, mindfulness and meditation, for the Brother Be Well family. Absolutely. So for me, the biggest distinction is mindfulness is more of like a state of being. So it's something that we can implement at any time. So you could be washing your dishes and paying attention to the water running on your skin, feeling the soap, the sponge, whatever is happening in that moment. It's that awareness and being fully present in the moment. So that is mindfulness. And then meditation is the practice that can be a mindful practice, really sitting in silence or sitting with your thoughts and allowing space to to bring that awareness into your mind and into your space. It sounds really, really fascinating. And you make it easy to differentiate. Do you think Um, Is it safe for me then to think of meditation as kind of the path to mindfulness? Mindfulness is the destination in my mind and meditation helps us get there. I think I would say yes and no. So that is like a overall overarching way to think of it. Mm-hmm. I think there are multiple paths to mindfulness. And I also don't believe necessarily that m- mindfulness is a destination because, like I said, it's like a state of being. So we don't achieve mindfulness. We don't get to this space of mindfulness. And then we're quote unquote experts, masters, whatever that case might be. Um, it's really just a continuous practice and state of allowing yourself to be in that space. I really like the way you've helped me really understand what we're talking about here. A little bit later, I'll talk to you about, I hope, as I was even preparing for this talk, and I found myself, instead of, like I used to do, rehearsing questions and worried about what the production was going to be or thinking about a production earlier that we had done here at Brother Be Well, 
I was focusing on the sound of the words in my head, how they resonated, mm. how they reverberated in my brain, my body on the chair, my feet on the floor. And I realized I really am incorporating some of what you've taught me about mindfulness into everything that I'm doing. So yes. I appreciate you so much. I know, right, Grace? I was so excited. So excited <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> can Can you tell me then how, how quickly my, one might see uh, I won't talk about getting to that destination anymore. How quickly will could someone see a shift once they start to practice something like meditation? Mm, that's a beautiful question. And I think it really depends because oftentimes when we're on this journey of awareness and building our awareness, it can almost feel like we're going backwards. Because once you start noticing, you're noticing how much you don't do it. And that feels almost disheartening for a lot of us because we're not getting better at it. And the truth is that is getting better because you're noticing more, you're paying mm. attention more, you're seeing what it is as it's happening. And you might notice that shift, but to really feel and embody that shift is a whole other question. So I mean, I could say you could notice it right away, but it is it is really nuanced in the way that we just have this path in our mind and like the stuff that we're used to. It gets really challenging to start shifting your perspective or thinking of things in a different way. Thank you so much for kind of letting me off the hook, because from, from what you just said, I, I'm becoming more mindful instead of sort of beating myself up, I should give myself a little more grace when I catch myself, that is really being mindful. That's becoming more mindful. Would, would yes. you agree? Yes, I absolutely. I love it when you smile and clap. That lets me know I'm on the right path. I'm on the right track here, Grace. So I really do appreciate it. Of course. Um, let's get to the next one. I want to talk about what I call the wandering mind. I was just talking about my my preparing or rehearsing for a project. And I'm, I'm prone to do it. I, I tend to think about you know, the time that we were going to get started today. And so I'm thinking ahead sometimes in two hours, I'll be doing this in three hours. I'll be doing that or remembering something that relates to what I'm doing. And I'm learning to just really be in the moment. As I said earlier, how can you suggest, cause I don't know that I could tell someone what, what my tips are to, to bring myself back out of the past and the present. Can you give us some tips for intercepting what I call the wandering mind? Cause mine tends to go all over the place. Yes, absolutely. So going back to that idea of meditation as a path towards mindfulness, really embedding these practices of focus can really help us in the moment when we are in that wandering mind. So for example, a meditation that I started with was just focusing on my breath this little space between your lips and your nose and doing that for like hours on end. You don't have to start with hours, maybe just five minutes, but really paying attention and focusing on that specific area so that you can notice when your mind wanders away. And then you can be like, oh yeah, I was supposed to be thinking about this part of my lip or my face and I can bring myself back to that. And it's really like this anchor that brings us to this task or this moment. So that can translate, the practice of that can translate into 
conversation or into different discussions, spaces where we're finding ourselves in this focused space, conversing with one another. And it's a little more refined with your tools to be able to notice then oh, I'm not paying attention to anything that Michael is saying anymore. My mind has wandered. Let me bring it back because now I am used to having that anchor. That's I love thinking about it as an anchor. So to make sure I understand, you said the, the, that your upper lip, so when you talked about breathing, you can feel there the inhale and the exhale. And and being aware of that sensation is is what's going to help pull you back into that present moment. Absolutely. And this can be any anchor. That was just one example. So it might be while you're washing dishes. I love using that as an example. (laughs) But anyway, while you're washing dishes, you're paying attention to the action of you washing dishes. And then when your mind wanders, you're like, oh, I'm not thinking about the dishes anymore. I'm thinking about what I'm going to cook for breakfast tomorrow. Let me bring it back. Or it could be even while you're reading a book. I, I often notice that too, when I'm reading words on the page and I read a whole paragraph, I'm like, what did I even say? I wasn't even paying attention to that. That's also a practice of anchoring into the present and allowing yourself the space to then bring yourself back and come back to what you were originally doing. One of the things I love about working and talking with you, Grace, is you're so great at coming up with different examples that will will connect with different people. I, for instance, the, the dishwashing one does not work because I don't wash dishes. My idea is putting them in the dishwasher and taking them out. But based on what you just said, I can be mindful about that. I can start with my st- stack of dishes and mindfully put them there and be very aware of what I'm doing instead of you know listening to the clock on the wall or paying attention to to a, a television broadcast just being really mindful in, in that moment as well correct absolutely and I'll give you one more example this is something that I am guilty of doing too is while I'm watching TV and then all of a sudden my phone comes up and I'm like wow I have like two maybe three screens in front of me with my laptop too and I'm not paying attention to anything specifically so it's really fine-tuning your focus. And I think with so many things going on, it can be really hard to narrow it down. So it's no wonder that our mind begins to wander as a practice or as, as a default, actually, because we're so used to having a million things happening at once. <laughs> And I think you've just done such a beautiful job. I don't think you even realize it. Realize it. You, you as a mindfulness expert just said you catch yourself with those multiple screens. So we should all give ourselves some grace. If our mindfulness expert occasionally catches herself wandering, uh, the mind wandering, then we can be okay with catching ourselves too. So thanks a lot, Grace. Really appreciate oh, that. Of course. <laughs> I, I do it all the time with the multiple screens. I'm horrible. And I've even got a screen now that I wear on my wrist, right? So if someone texts me, it's it, if I've got every notification on it shows up here, it's, it buzzes in my pocket. If I've got an iPad in front of me and I realize, as you said, I'm not really paying attention to any one of those three, let alone the task at hand. So I've got to kind of start to limit some things, put some blinders on, so to speak, and focus on Mm. what I'm doing and on the present moment. Mm, Beautiful. Let's talk about um, some studies that I've learned about, Um, specifically for people who have experienced trauma. And I'm one of those people. I'm learning that mindful meditation can sometimes exacerbate symptoms of traumatic stress. And so as long as we had you here, I wanted to ask you about that. What are your thoughts about that? 
my understanding is that that being being very mindful and in the moment might might inadvertently trigger um, some of the more repressed memories and thoughts that relate to to a traumatic experience or trauma. What are your thoughts about that? I think you're absolutely right. That is possible. And in those scenarios, especially when we're thinking of like PTSD, we really want to create a space where we feel safe enough to dive into that present moment or into that repressed space. So oftentimes I suggest having a trained professional with you or a guide when you're starting to explore something like that, especially if you're not used to uh, being just with yourself. A lot of I know a lot of people take medications or they're they have various coping strategies that they've adopted to help manage some of that pain or some of that traumatic of the traumatic effects on their lives. So if that's something that this person is going through or you are going through, then definitely seek professional help to to guide you through that and be there for you almost like a safety net so that it's not um, so you don't go deeper than you're ready for. And you can almost like training wheels ease into it and have a guide there to really get you into the space in a safe, safe, really nurturing way. I, I really, we're going to do a little mindfulness exercise in just a couple of minutes. I, I find myself wishing that you were uh, a personal uh, uh, therapist of mine, Grace, because I need I need a Grace Cecilio there because I'm learning to be mindful. That experience hasn't yet happened to me. So I was surprised to read about it a little. And that could be because maybe the trauma that I've gone through, I've, I've been through therapy and, and it's treated trauma. So I appreciate those tips for someone who may uh, be suffering and grappling with with trauma and the, and the results of that. And I, I love your point. I have a, a trained professional there. One of our colleagues with Capital City Black Nurses is very quick to say, you know, speak to a professional. So if you're having a mental health issue, talk to a mental health practitioner. Don't try to do it. Don't try to do it by yourself. So I appreciate mm. that thought. Can you off the top of your head, um, think of other groups. You mentioned PTSD sufferers. Are there other groups or other types of experiences or other people that, that might want to think twice about mindful meditation, or at the very least, they might want to talk to someone before they get started? Yes. I, I'm thinking, as soon as you said that, I was thinking of like high anxiety or a deep depression, If especially if you're in that route of taking medication to just find a normal or like a sense of uh, balance. Because it's really diving into these practices allows you to sit into whatever is deep down inside of you. And if you're already kind of um, unable to just sit with that on your own, then it can be really, really intense and challenging when you adopt a practice such as meditation, because that's literally what you're doing is sitting in this. So um, so in that scenario, I would suggest even if you're feeling feeling like maybe a public class could be helpful and then you could talk to a meditation teacher or someone who has more experience, that can that can be an easier way, an easier avenue to get in through that and guided meditations. I know that there are a lot of apps and websites that offer things specifically for anxiety or depression or any anything that you're really going through to help feel that 
support as you go through this path? Really great uh, suggestions and feedbacks. Technology can be a wonderful tool. We, we were talking earlier about having maybe too many screens around, but one one screen where you could look up something or download an app can make a lot of difference on, on your mental health journey and, and physical health journey and, and quite helpful in a lot of different ways. So really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, Grace, my my as we as we move forward here, I'm remembering my grandmother. I can hear her voice in my head. She taught me not to wear out my welcome. So I don't want to do that with you. You do a fabulous uh, last Monday of the month, I think it is, mindfulness workshop for the Brother Be Well family. Go to brotherbewell.com, by the way, and, and sign up for that. Find out the information on Grace's monthly mindfulness workshop. So I don't want to wear out my welcome during this session, Grace, but would you please, please, please walk us through a brief Mindful, mindful meditation practice right here. So people watching might see how, how their first one's going to go. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. If Even if you've never practiced any kind of mindfulness or meditation before, we all know how to breathe, right? So let's just tune in to our breath together. So I invite you watching to sit a little taller wherever you are and take a full breath in through your nose. Then open your mouth, let out a big sigh. (sighs) Yeah, let your shoulders get softer. Big breath in. Big breath out. (sighs) If you have sound, feel free to let it out. Big inhale. Open your mouth, exhale, let it go. (sighs) Nice. Bring one hand onto your heart and one hand onto your belly. And together we'll pay attention to our breath and deepen our capacity as we tune in. If you feel comfortable, you could close your eyes or you might just look down, down the tip of your nose so that external distractions fade away. Inhale through your nose, fill up your chest, allow the ribs to expand, allow your belly to inflate. And exhale, let everything get softer. Nice. We'll do that four more times. Inhale, chest. Expand the ribs. Inflate the belly. Exhale, let it go. Three more. Inhale, chest. Ribs. Belly. Exhale, release. Inhale together, chest, ribs, belly. Exhale, let it go. Last one, let it be your biggest breath of the day. Inhale, chest, ribs, belly. Exhale, release. Find your natural rhythm of breath in and out of your nose. And just notice your body here, scanning from the top of your head, down your shoulders, torso, and into your toes. If there's any residual tension, stress, heaviness, give yourself a release by breathing all of that out. Just two more deep breaths right here. 
And as you're ready, we'll blink our eyes open and come back into this space. How are you feeling, Michael? I am feeling great, Grace. We should have, um, I've got, we've got one more production on the schedule today. We should have scheduled you last because I'm so relaxed right now. So completely just released everything. I love the, I love the process of breath, rib cage, belly. It kind of helped me even track the breaths as they were going in and out. And I could almost feel the transition from lower here and then out of my mouth. It was fantastic. Mm, I love that reflection. Thank you, Michael. Really? Thank you, Grace. Can you help me as we get ready to wrap up? What are some tips? If you got some, um, some tips or ideas or hacks, how can someone start mindfully meditating right now? They're going to stop watching this video. What are the first steps that someone who's new to this might want to take? For sure. So the first thing is committing to wanting to do it. (laughs) So I think that there are a lot of big ideas out there of really having an hour long practice and going to yoga and doing all the beautiful things. But first, just commit from where you are. If you don't have any kind of practice, maybe start with two minutes, two minutes of sitting down, focusing on your breath. And if that feels challenging, put on a recording, put on music, some ocean sounds, or even a guided meditation. They do have ones that are just two minutes. So definitely find some on YouTube or one of those apps that invite meditation. So I would start there with committing to choosing a part of the day that you can really sit down and do something like that. And then my next tip is to just add mindfulness to whatever you're already doing. So when you're taking your morning walk to go get the newspaper or to get the mail, pay attention to your walk. Maybe leave your phone in the house and just walk, feel your steps on the ground. If you are going to take a shower, maybe pay attention to the water bouncing off of your skin feeling the shampoo in your hair and allowing yourself to really be in that moment, not stressed about what's to come in your day or what happened earlier that day. And really just getting in that mindful practice and that state of being so that we can cultivate this as a lifestyle. What would you, great, great suggestions once again, Grace, what would you have to say about something you said prompted this? Um, Picking the time of day when you can commit to it. I think those were your words. For me, uh, one of the highlights of my day is mealtime. I like a good, healthy, delicious meal. What would you think about a couple minutes of mindfulness every day before lunch? You, you're looking forward to lunch. You, you, I plan that out. So Before I sit down, I'm going to do a little mindfulness and resetting, kind of releasing everything from the morning and kind of resetting. Mm -hmm. What would you think about that as a a I love that idea. And I think we've talked about this before about setting the time, not necessarily at a specific like 11 o'clock every day, but really adding it to your schedule. So before a meal or after I brush my teeth, or um, something that you're already unconsciously or subconsciously doing, 
that is automatic and just attaching a little practice to that can really impact you. And then I'll go one step further. Your mealtime can be a mindfulness practice. I stayed at a Zen Buddhist uh, monastery for a while and meals were silent because they wanted us to really feel our food and be with our nourishment. So you could chew and they recommended chewing no less than 30 times and really allowing all the flavors, the taste to come through and then um, and then swallowing and doing the whole process again. That's a practice too. I love that idea. I'm going to start that one tonight with dinner. I'm going to uh, I've got a habit of of um, needing a little noise in the background, background music. I'm going to try it today. Just turn off the music and just mindfully enjoy that meal and, and pay attention to all of those sensations that you just talked about. Mm-hmm. Grace Cecilio, uh, Brother Be Well Mindfulness Expert. I could talk to you every day, all day. I think I might lose my job if I did that, but I'd love to do it. I'd love to spend some more time with you, Grace. Thanks so much for this. It's been really incredible. Thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure. We'll see you soon. We'll see you very soon. So I want to thank you for checking out this video. This one has been made possible by the support from Blue Shield of California's Blue Sky Initiative. That initiative boosts access to mental health support. You can learn all about that fantastic program at bluesky.blueshieldca.com. That's bluesky bluesky.blueshieldca.com. Another website that I want to tell you about ours, brotherbewell.com. If you've enjoyed this video, check out any one of a number of those other videos that are part of this trauma and healing series. You can find all of those at brotherbewell.com. Also a variety of videos on any one of a number of topics that relate to mental health and physical health. In fact, not just videos, audio podcasts, compelling print pieces, all kinds of resources all right there for you at brotherbewell.com. We're a membership supported service. If you can join us as a member, we'd love that. If you'd like to sign up for our blog, that one's free. Just give us your email address and we'll get you started. You can join the Brother Be Well family that way. My name again, Michael P. Coleman. I'm content director for Brother Be Well. I want to ask you to do just two quick things for me. Take great care of yourself and everything we're trying to do is designed to help you do that. When you get that down or you start to get it a little bit, reach out and help somebody else, would you? Thanks a lot. We'll talk to you next time. I'm looking forward to it. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Brother Be Well podcast. There are lots of people that look like us stepping up to take the journey to wellness. Stay connected by joining peer support groups and happenings in the Brother Be Well community this month. Watch for text alerts and hook up with us for the next episode of Brother Be Well. I'm Leon Guidry, and we're out.